You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the editor of Dunking with Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the Fan Sided Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Happy weekend, everybody. Happy victory Saturday. The Timberwolves defeated the Thunder on Friday night. This is the post-game podcast. We're going to break the whole game down here today. First of all, though, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Lockdown Wolves is, of course, free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms from Apple to Google, Spotify to Odyssey and beyond. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and at B-Beacon. That's B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, the Timberwolves have won three straight games. They, of course, beat the Clippers Monday in resounding fashion. They beat the Thunder uh, a little bit closer than it needed to be on Wednesday at Target Center. And then they went to Paycom Center in Oklahoma City. They headed down I-35 via plane, I guess, but they they went right down I-35 to take on the Thunder on Friday. And uh, this thing was not close. Uh, No Patrick Beverly. He was not on the initial injury report Thursday, popped up as questionable early Friday, and then sat the game out with groin soreness, I believe is what it was called, which we've seen him miss games for earlier this year. Uh, The Timberwolves presumed, hey, we could give him this game off. He can come back and play against his old team in Houston, maybe on Sunday. And this should be a game the Wolves can win, that we can win without him is what what the Wolves were thinking. And sure enough, that's what happened. Um, So let's break down the game as a whole. Then I'll do a couple of quick uh, key takeaways and individual studs and duds from this one as well. Um, So first of all, uh, this thing early was, was actually pretty even pretty back and forth. Um, Anthony Edwards had a huge first quarter and, and we'll get into that in just a second, but the Timberwolves defense was a little bit haphazard early. They were just a step late on rotations. The Thunder got some open three point attempts and this is a bad three point shooting team. The Thunder are their 29th in the league in three point shooting percentage. And they ended up shooting for this game, 34%, 15 to 44. So a little bit better, slightly better than what they've done for the season. But early in the first quarter, they were shooting the ball pretty well. The Wolves were struggling to to make life difficult for Oklahoma City. But thankfully, the Thunder's typically decent defense. I mean, they're like 14th, 15th, somewhere in there in the league in terms of defensive rating, defensive efficiency overall, uh, struggled early. And the Timberwolves were able to to take a four-point lead at the end of the first by the end of the first quarter. A lot of that was thanks to Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards had 17 points and two assists in the first quarter. He ended up for the night, Edwards had seven assists. I think he had three or four in the second quarter, but he had 17 and two in the first quarter. Otherwise, the Wolves were pretty pedestrian offensively. Cat didn't score until about midway through the frame. Dilo only had a couple of buckets in the first quarter. And with no Patrick Beverly, that meant that both Jade McDaniels and Jared Vanderbilt started, which I thought, by the way, was interesting that neither Malik Beasley nor Jalen Noel got the start. Instead, uh, it was Jaden McDaniels. And Jaden actually played pretty well. He got into a little bit of foul trouble per usual and ended up only playing 18 minutes. But uh, the Vanderbilt-McDaniels pairing against, a, you know, the, the Thunder don't have very many big players, but their starting lineup is fairly large. I mean, obviously Josh Giddy. Uh, you know, effectively plays point guard at times for them. And and he's big, um, you know, obviously Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Lou Dort, um, James Robinson Earl, these guys all have, have, or excuse me, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Um, I don't know. I think I almost thought that was James Earl Jones there for a second. Um, 
Jeremiah Robinson Earl, those guys all have a little bit of size. They just don't have anybody that's like a true big, right? Which is exactly why it was so frustrating when the Wolves couldn't win uh, in the paint or on the glass on Wednesday. They still won the game by eight, but the Thunder were more than holding their own in the paint. In this game, the Wolves flipped that script, and we'll get to that again later, but that's part of the reason the Wolves went with McDaniels in the starting lineup is because there's so many guys in the fourth for the Thunder that are effectively, you know, in that 6'6 six, six to 6'8 six, range. Um, why not go with your two longest, most versatile defenders in Vanderbilt and McDaniels? So it made sense why Finch did that. But anyway, Anthony Edwards, 17 in the first quarter. He hit uh, five threes in the first quarter and was just, I mean, three were consecutive, three consecutive possessions early. And then late, he hit a couple right at the end of the quarter and ended up with 17 in the first. Then in the second quarter, the Wolves finally stepped it up defensively. The Wolves bench far outplayed, far outperformed the Thunder bench. The Wolves were a plus 12 just in the third quarter, or second quarter, excuse me, and ended up with a 16-point lead at halftime. This is when D'Angelo Russell did his thing. He had 15 points and five assists just in the second quarter. 15 and five in the second quarter alone. He had a steal as well. Only one turnover in the quarter. Just a phenomenal performance from D'Lo. It was threes. It was, you know, scoop layups. It was all the things that that D'Lo does when he's going right. And he did that in the second quarter in this one and helped the Wolves build that 16 point halftime lead. The third quarter is when the Wolves really kind of put things away. And it took a minute. Uh, the first couple of minutes of the quarter were, were a little bit sluggish. And then Carl Anthony Towns woke up. He, uh, and not that he wasn't awake. I, I don't, I'm not trying to say he had a bad first half. He was just relatively quiet. And then I think he just remembered, oh yeah, I'm the biggest guy on the court by a long shot. I'm the most skilled player on the court. Certainly most skilled big on the court by a long shot. I'll just go to work. He got fouled in the face by Josh Giddy. Um, down in front of the basket. And, and after that, he just had a monster poster slam, I think the next time down the court, which uh, you've no doubt seen at this point was just amazing driving to his right hand to the right side of the rim and just threw it down um, and ended up with 10 points, five rebounds just in the third quarter for Carl Anthony Towns. And uh, it was just kind of an interesting game for Cat too. And, and we'll get a little bit more into that here in a minute, but no, no made threes, only eight rebounds. He did have uh, just a, a little bit of foul trouble. He picked up his fourth foul at the end of the third quarter. And uh, that basically meant his night was done at that point with the Wolves leading by 20 plus. Um, but the third quarter is when Cat really took over. So it was like, it was Anthony Edwards in the first quarter, D'Lo in the second quarter, Cat in the third quarter. And by that point, end of the third quarter, the Wolves are up uh, 23 points headed to the fourth and the game was effectively over at that point, if it hadn't been already. And the Wolves actually got the lead all the way up to 38 before the Thunder trimmed it back a little bit during garbage time and still ended up being a 30 point deficit, but a phenomenal all around performance from Minnesota, really hard to nitpick this thing too much. Um, I want to get into a couple of key takeaways, you know, kind of, you know, how exactly this worked out, why it worked the way that it did and, and how the Wolves were able to win by 30, um, I have a couple thoughts on that. So we'll get to that and then we'll do individual studs and duds um, here to close the show. First though, let's talk about our title sponsors from today's show. And that is of course our friends at Prize Picks. Timberwolves fans, you've been hearing me tell you about Prize Picks now for months. Have you signed up yet? If you haven't, you need to. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. If you have not checked it out, you are missing out. I'm telling you, you're going to love this app for NBA and mixed spots pickums. The Christmas Day games were amazing. Christmas was a ton of fun because you had the five games going on at once, obviously the NFL games that day. And with NFL playoffs upcoming and, and week 18, I guess, which is pretty difficult to to predict what exactly is going on with some teams playing for their playoff lives, other teams resting guys, et cetera. But get to the NFL playoffs next weekend and you can stack NFL uh, 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 daily fantasy, uh, you know, mixed bets with 
um, with NBA games, which is a ton of fun. That's exactly what PrizePix is all about. PrizePix has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. They offer more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offer all the superstar players plus bench players that only record a handful of minutes each game. You can pick any prop you can think of from points to assists, rebounds, threes made, etc. Any users that deposit and use our promo code will get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just use the promo code NBA. You can pick two to five players and over-under in their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. So my example, for instance, obviously the Vikings are in the playoffs, but say next weekend you want to take Carl Anthony Towns over on points and, and say you hate the Packers and you want to take Aaron Rodgers over interceptions or under yards. You can do that on the same entry. Use the award-winning prize picks app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It really is that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Go to prizepix.com today. Use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. If you're not playing PrizePix, you honestly do not know what you're missing. Let's also talk about our friends over at Shopify. Shopify is more than a store. Connect with your customers, drive sales, and manage your day-to-day. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business, so upstart startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Like like uh, uh, well, Locked On, for instance, Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale, reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash NBA for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash NBA right now. Shopify.com slash NBA. All right, let's talk key takeaways from this one. So number one, I already talked about this a little bit, but the balance that the Timberwolves played with was fantastic. The offense was essentially taking turns, but in a good way. Earlier this season, the first, you know, when the Wolves went three and seven to start the year, for instance, it was really apparent that this was a my turn, your turn offense is what I called it at the time. It was, Ant said, all right, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll isolate every time on the court. I'll just, you know, dribble the air out of the ball and launch a three or a kamikaze drive to the rim and, and have to back it back out or whatever. And then D'Lo would kind of do the same thing, only you usually with him, it was threes or mid-range jumpers. And then Cat would say, I'll take it in the post and get double teamed and, and turn it over. And, and I'm being uh, being a little bit dramatic about it, but that's, at the time, I called it a your turn, my turn offense in a bad way. This was taking turns in a good way. It was literally feeding the hot hand. The Wolves were clearing out for Ant early in the game. He was making smart decisions. None of his threes, except for maybe one, were really even contested. I mean, the Thunder defense was pretty terrible. And then D'Lo just kind of hunted his shot in the second quarter and it worked out. It was also within the flow of the offense though. It wasn't, you know, the Wolves were swinging the ball. Uh, the, the ball movement is really, ball movement is really what did it. And it just happened to work out that each of these three guys got hot at the right time when the Wolves were feeding them. Um, and it wasn't super intentional. It wasn't deliberate. It was the overall solid ball movement. Some of these guys, I mean, some of these points were coming in transition, at least certainly in the case of Edwards. Um, and, and I mean, Minnesota did a really good job of, of keeping everybody involved and not locking too much in on one guy at any point in the game. Um, this this was the good way of taking turns. If you can finish a game and you know you look at these lines and you've got Anthony Edwards with 24, 7, and 6 and Cat with 19, 8, and 5 and D'Angelo Russell with 27 and 12 on a, a crazy 11 of 12 shooting, uh, which we'll certainly talk about here in a minute. 
I mean, that's exactly how you draw it up. And those numbers would be even bigger if this was a closer game. Uh, but the Thunder were so bad shooting the ball from the perimeter and so bad defensively that it wasn't a game by the time we got to the fourth quarter. So the balance was definitely a good thing for Minnesota in this one. The other key takeaway I've got is is just how good the Timberwolves defense was after the first quarter. The first quarter, as I mentioned earlier, it was it was a half step slow. Rotations were a little bit slow. Guys weren't really bothering to to help to contest. I mean, they weren't even really Xing out with urgency. There just wasn't. Um, I mean, you go back and watch that. There were several open shots for the Thunder where the Wolves. It, it was a lack of effort, frankly, um, early in the game. And yet they were doing enough offensively that they still had the lead at the end of the first quarter. But once we got past the first quarter, um, I mean, the Thunder couldn't score. Now, a lot of that was due to the Thunder's carelessness. I, I don't want to take away from the Wolves defense because it was solid, but Oklahoma City's unforced turnovers were pretty unbelievable. I mean, of their 19 turnovers, I'm, I'm, I'm completely guessing this year, but there were at least eight or nine that were completely unforced. You know, throw the ball out of bounds, um, throw the ball directly to a Timberwolves defender who, you know, give the Wolves credit. There were a couple of those, Malik Beasley, uh, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, all had steals where they were simply just in the passing lane and stuck their hands up and got a steal um, almost accidentally because they just happened to be in the line of where the ball was. And, and again, credit to the Wolves defense for setting up properly, for being in the right place at the right time. But the Thunder were extremely careless with the ball and that, and that helped a ton. Still, the Timberwolves took advantage much better on Friday night against the Thunder than they did against Oklahoma City at Target Center on Wednesday. Remember, the Thunder were actually actually had a lead in points off turnovers against the Wolves on Wednesday because Minnesota could not score on in fast break opportunities. When they got into their secondary break and into their half-court offense, they weren't successful there. It was just a terrible offensive game for Minnesota on Wednesday. This time around, the Timberwolves capitalized on those on those Thunder turnovers, both in fast break points. They were you know, a modest plus four in fast break points over the Thunder. But um, even in the half-court sets that they got into after turning the thunder over Minnesota was far more efficient on Friday than they were on Wednesday. My last takeaway, uh, the last key takeaway is, uh, the points in the paint, uh, Minnesota lost that battle on Wednesday. And, and I, at the time I, in the post game pod uh, or on the post game pod following Wednesday's game, I was just shocked at how the wolves got beat by a, just really a diminutive team in the paint. I mean, the only guys that are seven feet on this team are Mike Muscala and Alexi Pokasevsky. And those guys aren't they're not guys that are going to, you know, fight Carl Anthony Towns in the paint. They're both, you know, stretch seven footers who are far more comfortable on the perimeter than they are actually banging down low in the paint. And otherwise, you're looking at a bunch of six, 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 seven, six, eight guys. And Carl Anthony Towns and Jared Vanderbilt and Nas Reed should be able to get whatever they want in the paint in terms of rebounding the ball, in terms of scoring in the post, putbacks, offensive rebounds, all that stuff, uh, block shots. And Minnesota did not do that on Wednesday. They did do that on Friday. Timberwolves were a plus 18 on points in the paint in this game. A lot of that had to do with Carl Anthony Towns. A lot of it was Jared Vanderbilt. Um, and also D'Lo and Anthony Edwards both got into the paint a little bit too, mostly D'Lo. Um, Nas Reed was very good in this one as well. We'll talk about him here in a minute. But the points in the paint was something that the Wolves needed to win. There was no excuse for them not winning it Wednesday. I mean, you know, like Lou Dort's a good player and uh, Josh Giddy was, was great on Wednesday, but these guys should not be able to out-rebound the Timberwolves. Now, Rebounds were even in this game. Part of that was because there were so many available rebounds because of the poor shooting of the Thunder. So they were able to get 13 offensive rebounds. There were at least two, three opportunities or two, three instances in which they basically played patty cake because they were missing. There was one in fast break. They had three offensive on a fast break where they had three offensive rebounds. And then I think it was Jalen Noel actually ended up tipping the ball in. Uh, the Thunder just couldn't make a shot and they were just racking up offensive boards, you know, Kevin Love style basically at that point. Um, so it was, uh, you know, some of those numbers are skewed a little. The Wolves rebounded the ball when the game was still in the balance fairly well, and they scored 
the ball in the paint extremely well in this game, a plus 18 in terms of points in the paint against the Thunder. And that's a huge reason why they were able to build a 38-point lead and win this thing by 30, ultimately. All right, we'll close the show today by talking individual studs and duds. We're going to do that next. First, though, let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. It's the new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure that you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar, absolutely better in, in most instances. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it, unlike protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, tastes like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bar has you covered because Built Bars, cover, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever they might be. Throw out all the sugar or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So whenever you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. There's so many flavors to choose from, from coconut almond to peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out built.com often to see what's new. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, let's go ahead and, uh, and close this thing out by talking individual studs and duds from Friday night. So number one has to be has to be Anthony Edwards for the Timberwolves. Um, well, actually, really, you could pick Anthony Edwards or D'Angelo Russell. They were both phenomenal. Anthony Edwards had 24 points, seven assists, six rebounds in this game, plus a steal and a block, zero turnovers in 29 minutes. He attempted 16 shots, had seven assists, and had zero turnovers. Phenomenal game from Anthony Edwards. He was a game high plus 31 in the plus minus column. Shot nine of 16, six of nine on three-point attempts. Five of those makes came in the first quarter. And uh, it, it's it's really hard to play better than what Anthony Edwards did on on Friday night. This was, uh, you know, he's he's now knocked all the rust off. He's been back for uh, for what about a week now, and across the board, just a fantastic game. Early early on, I mean, he was content to shoot from the perimeter because he didn't have to do anything else. He he got into the paint a little bit more as the game went on. He still drew zero, uh, or I should say, attempted zero free throws in this game, which is a little bit alarming. But um, we've come to to. That's kind of a regular occurrence, unfortunately, for Anthony Edwards, and it's not uh, it's not entirely his fault. He just doesn't seem to to get the whistles. Um, D'Angelo Russell, twenty seven points, twelve assists on eleven of twelve shooting, four of five on three point attempts, one of one at the free throw line. He missed one shot in the entire game. He was six of six inside the arc, four of five outside the arc. He had three turnovers on the night, but he also had two steals and a rebound. So 27 and 12 on 11 and 12 shooting. Same same thing with D'Angelo Russell. Really hard to imagine him playing much better. He was solid defensively, um, picked his spots. At, like I said earlier, he had, what was it, 17 and, or excuse me, 15 and five, 15 points, five assists in the second quarter alone for D'Lo. So 15 of his 27 points and five of his 12 assists just came in the second quarter. He played 31 minutes, which was the most of any Timberwolves player, was a plus 29 
for the game. So a phenomenal game from D'Angelo Russell as well. And then my third stud, I mean, we could we could really actually go three different ways with this. So I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to cheat on this and, and talk about three guys. Carlton Towns was really good. 19 points, eight rebounds, five assists, three blocks, one steal. He did have four turnovers and he committed four fouls. A couple of those were cheapies per usual, um, including his last one, which probably shouldn't have been a foul call. But he also had a couple of pretty egregious offensive fouls, which is a nightly thing for Towns as well. He he still struggles with controlling himself on the offensive end of the floor when guarded by smaller players. And uh, I mean, that happened Wednesday against the Thunder. He was called for three offensive fouls. He was called for two on Friday. Um, he's got to clean that up. But the third quarter, when he had 10 points and five rebounds in the third quarter alone, he was great. I mean, it's like he finally woke up and realized, hey, I'm the biggest and most skilled player on the court. I'm going to go ahead and just score some baskets and grab some rebounds and, and you know, dunk over guys. And, and those are things, he had a couple of big blocks in that quarter too. Um, you know, he could have been doing that really all night. And and sure, he got the raw end, you know, the raw end of the deal a couple of times when it came to to calls made by the officials. But still, I, you know, I, I wanted to see a little bit more out of Cat early in this one. Ultimately, though, the Timberwolves will take 19-8, any night of the week from Carl Anthony Towns. Also, Jared Vanderbilt, 11 points, 16 rebounds, three assists, and three steals. Just an amazing line. Um, you know, maybe more scoring than Dennis Rodman would have had, right? But the 16 rebounds, three assists, and three steals. Five of nine shooting for Jared Vanderbilt. And he was also somebody who got hammered a couple of times, should have gotten to the free throw line more often than he did. He was one of three at the line. But Vando was phenomenal in this game as well. And then also we got a shout out Nas Reed. 17 points, five rebounds, three blocks, and an assist for Nas. Six of eight shooting, two of four outside the arc. Um, and another player that took advantage of a really small Thunder lineup. Um, you know, Cat, you combine Cat and Nas's statistics in this one, 26 points, 13 rebounds, six assists, and six blocks. It's hard to complain about that production from your center position. And, uh, you know, Nas, Nas was really, really good. For Duds, uh, I mean, this list has to start and end with Malik Beasley. Um, unfortunately, that that's still where we're at with Malik. Five points on two of nine shooting, one of seven outside the arc. Just, just it, I mean, there were portions of last season and, and the first, you know, after the Timberwolves acquired him in February of 2020, he played, what, a dozen or so games with the Wolves, where it felt like as soon as he caught the ball and shot it in rhythm, it was going in every time. It does not feel like any of his shots are going in. The second he releases them, I mean, I don't think anybody's expecting them to fall. I don't think Malik is expecting them to fall. Um, just really rough. He did get a layup to go in transition during garbage time. The Wolves left him on the court until late in the fourth quarter to try and get him going clearly. Um, but I mean, five points on two of nine, one of seven on three-point attempts, two rebounds, two assists, a steal, one turnover for Beasley. Uh, just just a really rough go of it, once again, for Malik Beasley. And he and Jalen Noel, I mean, Beasley played 20 minutes. Noel played 12 Noel had 10 points on three shots in 12 minutes. Beasley had five points on nine shots in 20 minutes. One of these things is not like the other, and one of those players should be getting more minutes than the other. I mean, I don't know when it's going to actually happen, but eventually Jalen Noel will be playing more minutes than Malik Beasley. I just don't see how Chris Finch can avoid that for that much longer. Um, he's just playing so much better basketball than Beasley. Um, and I think eventually we're going to see those minutes increase for Noel and decrease for Malik Beasley. All right, that's all we have for you on the show here today. Uh, this was a fantastic win for Minnesota, three in a row. The Wolves now head 
further south to take on the Houston Rockets on Sunday. Of course, the Rockets are the worst team in the Western Conference. So it's a legit chance for the Timberwolves to continue that winning streak to make it four games to get back to 500. They currently sit at 19 and 20 after the win. They're tied with the LA Clippers for the eighth spot in the West, just one game behind the Denver Nuggets for the seventh spot and only a game and a half behind the Lakers for the coveted sixth spot, which would of course be uh, the, the spot right outside of the play-in. Obviously tons of tons of Time to go. We're almost halfway through the season. Um, but by the way, the Wolves are only two games out of the five spot in the West. So there's a bunch of teams kind of cluttered between five and nine. Um, you got Dallas at 21 and 18, all the way down to Minnesota at 19 and 20, and the Clippers at 19 and 20. So there's a lot of opportunity for movement in the West. And uh, the Rockets upcoming, and then the Pelicans, who are the third worst team in the West. Minnesota has a real shot at a five game winning streak before they go to Memphis to take on the Grizzlies. Of course, the Wolves dominated Memphis the last time they played them. But the Memphis Grizzlies have been one of this year's best stories and are are currently number four in the Western Conference and are 26 and 14. So a couple more easy ones before things get really difficult. Hopefully Beverly can play Sunday and the streak can continue. We'll, of course, have a postgame pod Sunday night. That'll be Monday's show. So be sure you follow and subscribe to the show. If you do listen already, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. The show, of course, is free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, and beyond. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and at Beacon with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. That's all we have for you today. Thanks again for listening to Lockdown Wolves, of course, part of the Locked On podcast network the lockdown network is your local experts on all the biggest stories also if you do make lockdown wolves your first listen each and every day first of all thank you second of all why not make lockdown bets your second listen it's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs lockdown bets hosted by your boy q with expert analysis and insight from lee sterling it's free and available on all platforms once again i'm ben beacon this is the locked on wolves podcast and we'll catch you next time